Today's episode is another gardening show. We've got five questions we've pulled from Cora. So we'll dive in on how the garden grew this year, making gains in the garden and staying fit while doing gardening and housework and eating compost. Yo, what up everybody? It's Danny Neth with the Guardian for Gains podcast and welcome back to another episode. It is Wednesday morning, August 28th. Uh, you know, nice decent morning out. Um, seems like we're starting to trend back upward a little bit. So I saw someone post something the other day where it said, uh, right now we're in false fall. Like in the 12 seasons of Ohio, we're in false fall. And then you know, our next season will be second summer. So, we're, <laughs> so we're getting close to, uh, it seems like we're getting close to fall, but we've still got quite a few months here. Um, and the garden's been going well, you know, we're getting the, getting harvest outdoors with the tomatoes and the peppers and, um, all that kind of stuff, cucumbers, and then also planting some stuff up, getting some harvest indoors with the uh, first harvest of microgreens last night. So things are, you know, slowly chugging along here. And basically from this point, I'm going to keep pumping out the microgreens. I think we can do a minimum of like two, two shelves on the plant rack or on the grow rack that I've got. Um, and then that way we can keep like a constant rotation. And, um, I've just got so many damn ideas for this, like grow rack and just, you know, production moving forward as far as for plants, for the CSA and, you know, just stuff that I want to do to kind of grow my business as Gardening for Gains. Because um, I think that, you know, for the most part, I've kind of kept Gardening for Gains as like, it's just my name on Instagram. Um, you know, I run a small CSA, but I haven't really like pushed the business that hard, you know, I, um, as far as like, you know, creating apparel or, you know, just trying to go more all in on it, I guess. So, so that's something that, um, you know, I think that I, I definitely need to start looking at a little bit more, you know, I'm def and I'm going to be modifying kind of my, um, you know, action plans going forward and, and just, you know, right now I'm planning because I realized that I really missed out on a big opportunity. And every single year I say, I want to grow mums and I want to grow poinsettias. So I missed out on the mums, obviously. Um, and you know, unless I can find some cuttings for, uh, for poinsettias or find some cheap plants, um, that I could, you know, could offer to people, um, probably just going to skip out on that for this year. But, but I am thinking about stuff for like the winter as far as like, you know, rosemary trees and things like that. But, you know, this all just requires so much planning. So I don't know. Those are just some of the kind of things that are popping into my head as far as like, you know, how I can, really take gardening for gains and just, you know, pump more effort into it and just get more out of it, you know? So those are some of the things I'm kind of working on, but wanted to get back to the gardening question format. Um, I got a lot of requests from people as far as like for houseplants and things like that. Um, and then my mom asked a, a question about like, um, poinsettias. This is what kind of led me down the path of poinsettias yesterday. She was asking me about poinsettias like poinsettia care, Christmas cactus, Easter cactus, lilies, like all of these uh, kind of traditional, you know, plants that are given as gifts. And, and I really just don't know that much about them. So I've got a couple articles printed out. Um, I need to really like brush up on some of this stuff before I try to dive in on some of those questions, just because I'm not sure how, 
you know, how in depth they really are. So, um, that'll probably be tomorrow's podcast. So today I've got some questions that I've pulled from Quora, um, the app where you basically just ask questions and get answers from, you know, experts or whoever. So, um, I'm going to start off here with a question I think that fits like perfectly, um, well, maybe we'll save that one. So the first question here is, what is a plant that appears harmless but is actually very dangerous? Um, and I think this is an interesting question because, you know, there's actually quite a few uh, plants that are like this. So uh, the one, I, I don't know why this popped into my mind first, but the one that is poisonous is uh, almonds. So I think it's the blossom of an almond or, um, I can't. Or a cashew. It's the blossom of a cashew. And, um, you know, it contain, contains like it basically a cyanide type of uh, chemical in it. So um, it's super poisonous to people. It'll kill you if you eat it, obviously. Um, it's cyanide. But, um, but it, outside of that, you know, something that might be a little bit more, um, you know, in your home would be something like uh, potatoes. So, Potatoes, tomatoes, eggplants, and tobacco are actually all in the same family. Uh, it's called the nightshade family. And, you know, those uh, nightshade, solanaceous plants, they also produce a cyanide-like compound. So that's, that's the big reason why you don't, um, if you have potatoes, you don't want to let them sit out in the sun. Because doing that, um, it actually activates that compound within the potatoes, um, and you could get sick, you know, it might just start off as like a stomach ache or something like that, but, but it could be something where you could get really sick from it if it is, um, you know, has been sitting out in the sun for a long time, or, you know, if you see that a potato has like, you know, it's a very green color to it, you definitely don't want to eat it because it's probably been exposed to a lot of sun and, um, and you know, that'll kind of lead you down a a path you don't want to go down. So, so it was really surprising, but potato is a, uh, is something that's kind of poisonous, you know, but, um, you know, cooking it obviously kills off some of that and, you know, making sure that you're storing everything correctly will as well. So next question here, um, <laughs> this is kind of an interesting one, uh, is compost edible? And I'm just going to let that, that one sit there for a second. Compost could be, <laughs> compost could be made, you know, produced from food and food scraps. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's edible. So, you know, as food and as these natural things are breaking down, what's actually happening is there's a lot of chemicals and a lot of byproducts being given off. Um, when I say chemical, you know, it's just the compound. It's just a compound you know it's not like we're throwing chemicals in there it's it's a byproduct it's natural it's just the chemical structure of you know the plant or the biomass that's in there so as it's going through its cycle you know it, it's going to give off things like nitrates and nitrites um it's which is not good for you <laughs> will cause some heart problems um you know probably just make you sick um and you know outside of that, then you got to think about all of the microbes, all the fungus that's going on in there. Um, fungus is going to be giving off some ammonia, you know, ammonia as well. So, you know, overall, just not 
a very good choice to be eating your compost. Um, and, and maybe the reason that somebody asked this is because their dog was eating it. So I've seen dogs absolutely love compost, but guess what? Dogs also eat their own shit. So that should give you an indication right there. Uh, a lot of comp compost is just organic matter. Um, it's high in nutritional content as far as like for the plants, but that could also be a reason why your dog is eating your compost or why it's trying to eat your fertilizer. Um, you know that, and so this might be something that you might want to look more at your dog, look more at his, his or her health, um, and, and what you're feeding it. Because a lot of times if a dog is eating soil or eating their own shit, uh, good chances, they are not getting the proper nutrition. So just like humans, you know, you might have to give them a supplement, uh, get, get them a little extra calcium, get them a little extra iron or whatever, whatever it might be. But just know that like compost is rich in those micronutrients. So that could be the reason why your dog is probably eating that compost, but you shouldn't eat that compost. Uh, you basically just be eating shit or dirt. So don't do it. <laughs> uh, next question. This one kind of fits into our gardening for gains. Um, credo, I guess. And you know, kind of how I look at everything related to gardening, to housework, to all of that. Um, this question is, does does doing all domestic work make you fit? Like mowing a quarter acre lawn, mopping a 3,000 square foot home, general garden work, etc. So I can relate to that to a certain extent. I don't, I think our lawn might be a quarter acre. It's probably a little bit less than that. Um, we don't mop our house and it's not quite that big. Actually, it's probably not even half of that really. Um, but you know, the thing is, is like, I always look at all work as like helping to make you fit, you know, you're up on your feet, you're moving. Um, and that's the biggest key right there. Like just with, when I started working at the office, I immediately noticed that my body type began to change. So over the first year, I think I did add on 10 to 15 pounds. So kind of crazy, but when you're sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, nine hours a day, whatever it is, you're not moving up, you're not moving around as much, you know, you have to be on the computer, you have to be emailing, you have to be calling people on the phone, you know, it's a very, you know, there's only one way to get stuff done, and that's by sitting at your desk, so, um, you know, it's really tough to be, to keep your metabolism running if you're not doing anything to stimulate it, so any kind of work that you do, I think, will help make you fit, you know, especially, like, doing garden work, you know, it's a lot of, like, hard manual labor from, Hoeing and weeding, whether that's standing up or like on your knee, hands and knees, um, you know, same, I guess same thing kind of goes for like mopping. Um, you know, my mom would always like hand scrub the floors basically. So, um, you know, that's, that's another way to kind of be fit and keep your body in motion. You know, I guess you don't realize like you take advantage of the fact that you can get on your hands and knees when you're younger. And you don't think about the fact that you might not be able to do that as easily, you know, as you get older. So I think that no matter what, like people look at things as work, but if you look at it more as like the opportunity to work, like I, I would much rather have to run five miles every day than not be able to run at all. Like, you know, when you put things in, in like an extreme perspective like that, I think it, you know, changes your mindset and, and, and just realizing that work you know, you think of work as it's like own entity and like doing work is going to just serve that entity of work. But 
more than anything, it's like it's relating back over to you. So when you realize that everything ties back to you, you doing that work is actually going to make you feel better. And, you know, it doesn't matter if those are your dishes or not, but if you clean them up, you're going to feel a lot better. Your environment's going to feel a lot better. And it kind of just all trickles down. And I think too often, you know, people kind of want to attribute like a failure or a success to somebody else or like, you know, how we can make things better. So, you know, just doing that housework, doing that garden work as you see it, rather than making a plan about it and making a plan of action, just doing shit um, is the biggest game changer for anybody. And, you know, that's definitely something that's going to keep you fit. And I think that's the mindset you have to have with work, with doing anything where it requires, um, you know, constant improvement and optimization is just to continue to do it, continue to do it and don't think about it. Don't talk to yourself about it. Just do it. And, um, then that's how I keep fit. And that's just the way you got to tell yourself is like, this is part of life. This is not something separate from work. So, um, anyways, let's keep going here. Um, the last two questions are kind of interesting. Um, let's see, where are we going to start here? So uh, we'll start, we'll do this one. This is the uh, question number four, would starting a garden actually save me money on vegetables or would it end up costing me more? And this is a super funny question just because like you see all those memes about like, you know, I worked for three months just to save $3 on tomatoes or, you know, whatever. And that's kind of true, I guess, you know, you put in all that work and like, you know, one tomato plant's going to give you maybe 10 to 25 pounds tops of tomatoes. So, which is quite a lot over the year, but, but, you know, you think about the time you have to put in, um, for weeding, for watering, for, you know, you have to think about fertilizing it. You have to prune the plants, you know, so there's a lot of like daily, weekly care that has to go into it. Um, so it depends on your perspective. Like if you think of, uh, putting your time in as like a waste versus as an investment into learning and as an investment into your health and just the overall taste of your food, um, then I guess you'd, you know, it wouldn't be a waste, but if you were thinking just purely monetarily and you're thinking about, you know, your time as an asset, then maybe gardening isn't for you. But I think you could also, you know, argue the fact of like, if you were spending that extra time gardening and you were, you were just kind of letting yourself be in that moment, I think that you'd realize that it's, it's better to be in that and kind of get yourself out of that flow of just thinking about the economics and just thinking about pure quantitative data when you can think about all the other, um, components of the experience. So it depends on your perspective, but, uh, but that's my thoughts. I've probably definitely spent more money than, than I'll make this year on gardening. But this year I also set up a lot of infrastructure. Um, and, and to me, it's all just a learning process. You know, in the beginning of the episode, I was talking about like scaling my business, <clears throat> scaling my business and building up gardening for gains into something more. Um, and, and, you know, I think that, you know, it's, it's realizing that I want to do that, but knowing that now isn't the proper time realizing that what I do have is time to learn and time to refine and perfect and optimize. And, and like, that's just the key, you know, right there. So it depends on your goals, I would say, and, um, and whether you think it's worth it. So, you know, to me, almost everything that I do is worth it because I, I make sure that I invest myself and 
and I'm always looking for a way that things tie back to me and how I can incorporate that, incorporate that into my life, you know? So, um, so yeah, you might spend a little bit more than what you would save, but I think the experience and what you'll gain in that, uh, that, you know, that currency is going to be far greater than what you'd save by going to the store and eating the same bland ass, you know, fruits and vegetables. So grow some vegetables and just experience that taste. And then you'll, uh, you know, see if you, if you're thinking about time or money as much after that. Final question today, um, coming from Cora is did the veggies do well this year in your garden? Um, so to wrap it up here real quick, you know, Diane, uh, they did do pretty well. There was a lot of success. There's been a lot of failures. Um, but you know, you just continue to learn from that. So, you know, I always have trouble with brassicas. So like broccoli, cauliflower, kale, um, bok choy, either the bugs always get it, you know, and cabbage is part of that too, but the bugs always attack it. Um, or like in the case of cauliflower, I just could not get it to flower. So I think maybe if I would have had the irrigation system more dialed in at that point, maybe that would have helped, but, um, I just started them way too late. So got to get those guys out earlier in the year, but that was a huge waste Threw a shitload of those out. Um, same thing happened with the celery. It got too hot. I didn't protect them well enough with shade or with positioning them in the garden and again, lost a bunch of those. Um, Let's see, what other failures have we had? <laughs> uh, we had a lot of rain early in the year, so we did get a lot of lettuce, but then we also had to th throw a lot out because there were so many slugs, and you know, and I just don't want to feed that to people with the chance that they potentially eat that or get some kind of contamination, so had to throw a lot of that out too. Um, but overall, we've had a really successful year, so when you think about all of the lettuce we've harvested, all of the radishes the tomatoes you know the cucumbers that are coming the peppers that are coming uh we've had a lot of carrots potatoes microgreens finally so you know things are looking up um <clears throat> veggies are doing really well you know even the uh even the ground cherries are starting to make a make a turnaround now that i've got them in a good spot with as far as shading and support and getting just getting everything the proper spacing has done wonders for the garden so you know, things have been going strong. We're doing everything we can to kind of keep it going strong through the end of the year into fall and, and as far as in, as far into winter as we can. So, you know, that's really my big focus right now is, uh, you know, just keep things going and, you know, outside of that, just could just continue to produce content and help people with gardening questions they might have, you know, make gardening fun for people, relate it back to like real life and, um, and, and, you know, just realizing like everyone's kind of, this, this is something that we haven't learned a lot about. Like we didn't learn a lot about it in school and, uh, and you just don't realize like kind of the intricacies, the science behind it all. And, and just how much, you know, how much fun it kind of is to learn about these things and to be able to manage this stuff in your garden and in your landscapes and, um, you know, just be able to kind of work with nature rather than against it, you know? So, um, so that's it for the gardening show today. Uh, you know, we got five pretty solid questions we pulled from Cora and, you know, sorry, mom, I didn't pull through for you on the, uh, poinsettia and winter, 
you know, like the bulb program, you know, planting bulbs and all that stuff. But I'll be working on that. I just want to make sure that I've got everything like dialed in and I actually know what I'm talking about with a lot of that stuff. So going to be doing a little bit more research before I drop that one, but keep that, uh, keep that in mind. And, you know, as we go into the next week or a couple weeks here, but if you have any gardening questions you'd like answered, feel free to drop me a line or call into the station. Uh, but thanks for listening in. And as always, I appreciate it.